0: Welcome to That's Anita Live, the talk show dedicated to providing emotional healing through sharing to help you create a happier life. Today's guest is a licensed therapist and the CEO and founder of Empowerment Through Expression, Therapy Center and Mind Spa. She's here to share with us all the ways our relationships affect our mental health, particularly our toxic relationships. Welcome Dr. Velika Moore to the show. And the title of her book is "The Mental Detox." Dr. Velika Moore, and the title is "The Mental Detox." Yes. Welcome to that in the love. Thank you so much for having me, girl. Now let's get into Mind Spa. Sounds magnificent. Yes. Where did the name come from, and what is the atmosphere like?
1: Okay, so. Um, the name came actually from when I first started my practice and I was seeing clients and I see a lot of women right and um, one of the questions based on what women are coming in for one of the questions is how do you take care of yourself what do you do to take care of yourself and a lot of women were like take care of myself what's that you know how do I do that I don't have time for that or another thing was that I was really seeing this misconception of what mental health is Mm. and who has mental health as well. So, you know, there's such a stigma on it that, um, you know, people isolate mental health to um, someone having a diagnosis or something like that. And um, just really trying to help people understand that mental health is so much more than that and that we all have mental health that needs to be taken care of. And sometimes it's not in the form of a diagnosis, but, It's just us just taking care of ourselves. So, you know, I'm a visionary. So just all of a sudden one day God just dropped in my spirit to um, be able to do something that would bring people in to be able to talk. Because sometimes we don't even know that we need to talk or sometimes because what we think therapy is we you know don't use that outlet Mm -hmm. we don't use um, that tool so you know that was something that was helping people to come in when they knew that wait a minute I can come in I can get a massage too so the atmosphere it feels like a spa. So from the time you hit the door and you just come in and we have the candles going, the relaxation music would be going and you know people coming in and from the time they hit the door they're like it smells so good in here, like I I feel so relaxed Mm -hmm. in here and what they would do or what they do as they come in, they um, talk to their therapist for about 30 minutes, and then they go into their massage session. Okay. And um, the reason that we combine the two and not just do the massage is because I feel like there are a lot of great places that we can go get a massage, and it's great. But then before we even get up off of the table, mm-hmm. we're thinking about, Okay, now I got to go back into this stress. So what do I have to do next? You know, um, these are the stressors that I'm just going back into. So before we even finish our massage, we're getting tensed all over again. Mm. And so that downtime in the beginning was to release Mm. all of that and then also to get strategies to be able to help us or help other women be able to deal with those things. So the Mind Spa helps you
0: with the mental detox.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, tell me the story behind the title of the book.
1: Okay, so the title of the book um, actually came from my own story and my own situation um, which is shared in the book of just having so many mental toxins, so many things that I had taken in, which we do, mm-hmm over the years, even from when we are little children, and we don't know how to deal with it, so we don't know how to let it go, we hold it in, we sweep it under the rug, and um, just over time, those things build up. And it's just mental toxins, it's clutter, um you know that we're dealing with and it spills over or it erupts eventually and that was what my situation was Um, one day you know i am this was before i started my practice so this was over five years ago i'm sitting in my office i knew that three months out i would be getting ready to go into private practice and i'm sitting in there the office is just like so quiet um i guess i was the only one at work that day and Just all of these emotions just started to come Mm. up. Just, I guess, with it just being the perfect environment for me to do some thinking. And really, you know, sometimes we know that those things are there, but we try to push them down. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to feel that. And in that moment, I just like felt so drained. I felt old. I always tell people I felt like I was dying. You know, and um, you know, it's like, okay, well, that's harsh, wow, that's big. But the thing is, it felt worse in just holding all of that in. And at that time, we were close to the end of the year. So usually around the end of the year, we're setting goals. And I can't remember specifically if I set any um, any goals, but I remember saying, I just can't do this again. Okay. I can't do this for another year. And so that was in like 2003. And um, the book I actually just finished writing last year and I didn't know it would be a book, but prior to that, the year before, I started doing a mental detox program. Mm -hmm. And it just came from the place of me remembering that, okay, I have had experiences or I had this experience where I was holding so much in and I know if me, as a therapist, I was a therapist at the time, helping everybody get their life together, right? right? And I'm like, okay, I know if I had this experience, there are other people that need to be able to detox. They need to be able to declutter. Um, So I, for um, Mental Health Awareness Month, which is every May, I um, about April, I was like, let me do this mental detox and I just like put it out there on um, Facebook anyone interested and I got like 20 people that wanted to be a part and um, you know I just really took them through my steps because sometimes we know we need something Mm -hmm. but we don't know the process to it and I had already gone through the process and in this book it's a 31 day process my process was not 31 days because I didn't know I had to figure out some things and I always tell people as well when you're going through this, it doesn't mean your process is going to be 31 days either because everyone has their own right, process right yeah
0: So let's break down the toxic relationships mm-hmm. and let's start from the very first relationship we have and then work that circle outwards you know as a human being matures and grows up okay. So the first relationships are with parents. Mm -hmm. What happens when the parents, both, that's just, you know, talk about both of Mm them, are toxic Mm -hmm. and childhood trauma becomes adult dysfunctional behavior?
1: So it goes, it can go one of two ways. Okay. And so what we can sometimes find is that, because they are our our models, Mm -hmm. that then as we grow up, then we take on those same toxic things um, or because we see it and we're like, I don't wanna be like that, I'm not gonna be like them, then we strive so much not to be like that that it can become like perfectionism or something that still becomes toxic. But you know, it's because we try to separate ourselves from it so much. So it can go one of two ways. So we might not exactly be engaging in the behavior mm-hmm. or we do engage in the behavior or either we're so far to the left that I'm not gonna do that. Because I've that, heard a lot
0: mm-hmm. of women say, I'm not going to be my mother.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Why Why do they feel so strongly about that? How does that toxicness affect them in their adulthood?
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, it, it depends on what the situation is with okay. the mother and what we're seeing, um, because I think, um, You know I can even say and I had the I have the most wonderful mom Mm -hmm. you know and there were some things that when I was growing up I saw with her like I saw how she worked so hard Mm -hmm. I saw how she just did certain things and I was just like You know, like she she needs help. She doesn't ask for help. She lets people take advantage of her, you know, and things like that. And I was just like, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to do that. Um, So, you know, it's not always bad. Some of the things that we're seeing, it's not it it might be negative or bad in our eyes. Mm -hmm. So then we try to separate ourselves from it. Um, and then some of the things that even we say, because it's been modeled, and because it's what's normal, it's what's become normal. This is what I see, so this is what I know how to do. We pick up those things as well. And so, um. You know, so we want to um, feel like we're doing things right and that our lives can be different, that we're going to do things different. But, you know, sometimes as we're growing up, and I just talked about this a little bit, when we're children, we really don't know how to fully process it. We just know that it's just something that doesn't look good to us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the things or the work um, that it would take for us to really be able to Um, resolve those issues or really figure out how to make things work for us. We don't do that work. So like I said, it can go one way or the other.
0: Okay, so then they grow up and they have siblings. Mm -hmm. And there's that beyond sibling rivalry is sibling abuse. Mm -hmm. It isn't really talked about in our society, but it does exist. Mm -hmm. How does that type of abuse where it's from one sibling to another? affect our mental health as we
1: grow. So when you say sibling abuse, what would that look like? Well, say one sibling
0: is 10 or 11, maybe even 12 years older than the other, and constantly roughhousing, but mm-hmm. the younger sibling doesn't appreciate it, doesn't want to participate, mm-hmm. pushes them off, doesn't like playing with them. Doesn't even, You can tell that the younger child shrinks when the older child even walks into a room. Mm-hmm. Constantly calling them names, picking on them, yeah. insults, belittlement. Things of that nature,
1: mm-hmm. and you're saying that comes from what they see from the parent, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that is something that because um, how can that affect the yeah.
0: the the younger child as that child grows older?
1: Oh, it definitely affects them, um, you know, and it it goes back to learn behaviors, okay, and so. Um, you know, so it's the same thing. It just goes back to what side are they gonna be on of that? This is what I felt in my home, you know um, And then even when they get adults and they have children and how they parent their children based on, what they experienced as a child. Okay. So with, you know, their younger children, are they really protective over them? Mm. You know, how do they um, parent their older children, you know, when, when they see certain things with, between the older children and the younger children. Mm. So it just carries from, um, from one generation to the next, if it's not dealt with.
0: Now, speaking of the generations, yeah. right? When when someone grows up in a very toxic household, Mm -hmm. And then they begin to enter into intimate relationships. Can that play out in those relationships that they have with?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, and the thing is um, a lot of the time we don't see it as it being a problem for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we look at it as, well, this person did this or they did that to me and we can take on. Um, that role of victim because it feels like someone is always doing something to us because it's something that's not healed in us. You know, and that's what I tell my clients to always check out when they begin to see patterns. You know, when they start to um, see You know the same things happening maybe it's not the exact same thing but it's like kind of a root to it that okay we got in an argument or i ended this relationship because of this you know and it could have been like a different situation but something is very similar Mm -hmm. i tell them to go back to the place in your life where maybe something happened you know because what happens we might see maybe a root of rejection a root of abandonment, a root of betrayal, Mm. a root of something. And then that carries on throughout all of our relationships until we catch it, till we realize what it is. Yeah. How can somebody
0: become more self-aware like you're speaking? Because you're talking about an adult Mm -hmm. becoming more self-aware on how their childhood now affects their adulthood. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways that People can do that mental detox to become more self aware?
1: So, I think sometimes we need help. Sometimes we don't know. But sometimes there are people that, you know, they sit, they get still because they realize that something is going on. So, they take that time, and we have to go through a self awareness process. Whether it's we just realize we need to do it and we do it, or we realize something is off something is wrong (laughs) let me go and talk to someone and then um, you know whether and it doesn't always have to be um, professional support even though I highly recommend it Mm -hmm. you know but it can be just someone in our life a support that we know that we're gonna get the real from like they are gonna be completely honest um, but we know that they really have our best interests at heart um, or someone that we feel like we can really pour out to and what we're dealing with um, Which is why I think therapy um, using that as a tool can be so helpful I had mm-hmm. a um, well, I have many clients where you know They come in and it's like, you know, they're able to identify supports in their lives But they're like, you know, I just needed to really just come talk to someone that doesn't know me or that didn't know me yeah. because you know I um, I I um feel judged maybe You know, and I know that these people have my best interest at heart or they want to protect me. or I feel like I'm just not getting the most objective viewpoint Mm -hmm. from those people. So I just need to be able to just pour out to someone that I don't even know and maybe just get um, not even that viewpoint of somebody being so protective um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, either they're not going to tell me things or they're going to hinder me. Because sometimes we have people yeah. that hinder their us fear because they you. want the best for us. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, like put the brakes on that, don't <laughs> you? you know, and sometimes we just need another perspective.
0: Yeah, because people like to think that therapy is for those that are having a mental disorder or mm-hmm. some kind of breakdown in living their right. life. But really, mental health is just like physical health. The same way you go same in and you thing. get your physical checks mm-hmm. is the same way that you should connect with a therapist or someone to get those those mental checkups.
1: Absolutely, and I say that when um, I talk about mental health, and that is just something that I, over the past year I have really been out there, like on Facebook and everything, really talking about it and um, going to different um, conferences and things, talking about it as well. Is that I believe just like you know we. Um, go and get our physical checkups every year, Mm -hmm. that that's something that we should do as well, that we should be going to just talk to someone, just be able to pour out, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, um, even if we only go two or three times, but we're just able to release things that we've been holding on to. And sometimes when we get in there, we realize we need (laughs) quite a few (laughs) sessions to really work through things because it's a process and it takes some time to work through things. Yeah. We'll be right back to take questions from Dr. Moore.
0: Here's what you miss when you're not in studio with that Anita live. Oh. I don't even mention this in the book. Oh, no <laughs> you didn't. Explain. <laughs>
1: I, I ain't at 96th street transference to the one do you want. Explain. <laughs> I. Ain't I ain't. Cause you know I'm at the end of my toilet paper roll when you talk about seasons and life. I'd rather be good <laughs> by myself. Please, <laughs>
0: still the teeth. Come on. I'd love to have you in my audience. Girl, a a you're your lazy. <laughs> tell man to leave it, And we're back in studio with Dr. Balika Moore taking questions from the audience. Hey there. Hi. I really like what you said at the beginning about having a therapy session and then having the relaxation session. Mm-hmm. The first thing that came to my mind though is insurance is not going to cover it. <laughs> have you looked into ways to combine those two that would
1: work in our system? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this is the thing with the insurance. Um, so I have some clients that pay out of pocket and I have some clients that pay insurance. Of course, um, one thing that I feel and that's a really good question that a lot of people don't know is that your health care benefits do cover behavioral health and mental health and a lot of people don't know that so I wanted to put that out there Um, also the way that we do it is um, when we're billing for a session it's a psychotherapy session right so you know it's really up to your therapist's expertise or recommendations what you need in your session so like I said we'll do 30 minutes where we're talking and you're pouring out and then maybe your next 20 or 30 minutes are with a relaxation session and your massage so we kind of incorporate and include everything in and it's included as or it's looked at as a psychotherapy session that's part of your work that's mm-hmm. part of your session,
0: but it'll be a different person handling the massage session. Um, really some
1: soon? sometimes, um, or sometimes it's just a relaxation session with me. So it depends on what it looks like. If there is a different person, then we are looking at another payment. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. How you doing?
0: Hi. So your book, I usually try to keep different books inside my practice to give to clients. Is that something that a man can use as well?
1: Absolutely. You know, and I'm really thinking about. Um, making this for a man because a man doesn't want to carry around the pink book (laughs) but I have had plenty of men that have bought this book and the strategies work just fine for them Um, even though this is the conversation is to a woman there are a lot of the same things that a man deals with as well so absolutely this can work for a man not only is it a book but it's also a journal um, so the questions or the exercises that are happening every day, um, you know, men can certainly find themselves in those. Yep.
0: Right. And do you hold, I know you mentioned that you, you did a, like a 20 person group. Mm-hmm. Do you hold groups where like a, like a private group like on Facebook or something like that where you have people and come and kind of like do the 31 day detox with you?
1: Okay. I do. So actually, um, I just started maybe a month ago doing the mental detox sessions again after two years and they are going very well. Yeah.
0: Talking about toxic relationships, Mm -hmm. do you have any suggestions in your book Mm -hmm. or verbally that suggest how to stop the toxic relationship, how to deal with the toxic relationship?
1: Absolutely. Um, Good question. So this book is broken down into four sections. And the first two sections are reflecting and releasing. So the first thing that we need to know that there might be a toxic relationship in our life is that reflecting period, um, that self-evaluation, what's going on here. And there is an exercise that asks, what are the things, what or who, is um, causing certain emotions, certain negative. Um, Or unfavorable emotions in my life so first that's the recognizing who it is and then in the next um, section which is the releasing section then that's helping you figure out what needs to um, what boundaries need to be set um, how you disconnect so um, this is certainly a tool for helping people whatever they identify as that thing that is causing the unfavorable um, or toxic toxic emotions to be able to disconnect from that. Yep, hi. Um,
0: back to when you were talking about how, like when it comes to your parents, how some people either do one or the other, mm-hmm. either avoiding trying to yep. become their parent or doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Have you seen people take on both of those roles? Like not doing certain things, but picking up other things?
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely um so oh (laughs) absolutely so you know it might be a specific behavior that someone says i'm not going to do that Mm -hmm. and then it might be another behavior that maybe the parent exhibited as the child was growing up and then they might take on that and might not realize that that's toxic or that's probably something inappropriate that they shouldn't be doing as well yeah any recommendations that she
0: asks for handling toxic relationships? So somebody watches this and finds themselves, hey, wait a minute, I'm in a relationship that, mm-hmm. and it could be best friends. It doesn't necessarily oh, yeah. have to be a, a partner. It mm-hmm. could just be best friends. I'm in a relationship with somebody who constantly makes me feel down. Mm-hmm. How can that person and either manage? Because we were having a discussion earlier about whether or not it's cool cutting off people. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs>
1: Right. And so I um, subscribe to cutting people off when we need to. But what I would say is if, you know, if it's a relationship that we really want to continue in our life, and we have not really done the work to make things better, Um, you know, because when I have clients to come in and they're the person that's there sitting on the couch and I'm talking to them and all of their stress and everything is due to a relationship, you know, I will usually say, have you thought about um, having either, whether it's a couple or, you know, whether it's a mom and daughter or whoever it may be, have you thought about maybe, Having joint therapy, having a joint session with them. So even if that looks like maybe we're gonna have one or two sessions, or sometimes they need just a whole process on their own, um, so that some work can get done there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the first thing that I c- I would recommend. Or you know sometimes I'll say, okay, you know maybe take these strategies, and they'll take them and they'll see how they work, and you know. What I always tell people is that we can't change somebody else. Mm. We're only, we're responsible for us. Say that again. We can't change anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) We have our own process, so we are responsible for us. And you know, if what we're seeing after we've tried different things and they have not worked, Mm -hmm. we have to really think about, okay, now what do I need to do for me? Is this going to work? Um, What can I do um, to, You know, is there is there anything else that that I can do? And when there are, is nothing else. All of the options have been tried. Right. I've written the letters.
0: I've sat mm -hmm. down and had verbal communication back and forth. I brought in a third party to speak both parts and Mm -hmm. and help us decide what we should compromise on or what what we should have mediated and nothing is changing this situation. Mm
1: -hmm. And so then, you know, I go to the person and I say, okay, so what is the life that you want to see? And do you feel like it can be, you can get it that way? Or are you now in a position where it's, it's either that. You're going to disconnect from this or you're going to get to a place where whatever it is that's been bothering you, Mm -hmm. you're going to come to a place of acceptance. And those are the options. You know, so this has been a stressor. This has been something that's been making you sad. We've talked Mm -hmm. about it. You've done all the work. Nothing's changed. So either you're going to make a decision to separate, to disconnect, Mm -hmm. um, or you're going to get to a place where you can accept it. And how does that work for you?
0: Get to a place where you can accept it. Choose wisely when selecting partners, friends, relationships for your inner circle. Those closest to you have a lot of influence on what happens in your life, your happiness and your contentment in life. I'm Anita, your host. Be sure to check out thatanitalive.com for where and when to see our next episode.